Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. So, meowdy friends, hello, hello. So far, our wonderful guest is here. I should add your name to our title. My good, there we go. Update. So, hello, everyone. My name is Dungeon Meowster. I use they, them pronouns. And welcome to Genderful with Dungeon Meowster. Our, our guest for the day is Hexagonal, also goes by L and uses they them pronouns. We are going to start just briefly with my gender check-in and then we will welcome Elle to the conversation. So just an update for me and how my stuff has been going. It is April 11th, nope, April 12th as of the recording of this video and I am one month and one day on testosterone. So this is what my face looks like and my voice sounds like one month and one day into testosterone. Part of the reason I wanted to do these gender streams once a month is so I can document my progress, my my HRT progress. Anyway, yeah, I guess the main update with how that's going is my primary insurance has approved my HRT through the month, but or th- actually for the next three years. But my secondary insurance has not, and so there's a copay that I have to do with the first one that the second one should pick up, but then they're giving us the runaround and it's a whole time. We have submitted the appeal letter for my top surgery because it got denied the first time, and I'm asking around for additional letters, but let's just say being trans and getting all these surgeries and stuff is not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of pushing and a lot of trying, and part of why I want to document this is so people just have more awareness about the challenges. I don't think anyone's choosing to be trans for fun. I think we're trans because we are. <laughs> it just, it's who we are. So anyways, the other thing that is happening because of hormones is my face is just erupting in all of the acne and I didn't have it before I started the tea. So the, it's just the piling on the ugly duckling phase is in full effect, but I still feel handsome. So that's good. Anyways, just a little bitty update, a little weekly update, boop. It's a hard bumpy road. Yeah, it is, but it's going to be all right. Okay. So I don't think I have anything else for my little check-in. So I'm going to welcome Hexagonal to our spot. Oh my goodness. Guess what's working now? The discord images. Hooray. That's awesome. All right. So I'm going to, maybe we just had to be live. I don't know. I'm going to scoot you over a little bit. There we go. I also think our captions are totally different sizes, so I will adjust that as we get rolling. But welcome to the stream. Yes, totally. My pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit just about yourself, about your the streaming that you do and all of that? Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Hexagonal. You can also call me L, or lots of people call me Hex or Hexa or Hexy. Pretty much anything like that is fine. I am a homework and variety game streamer. I do physics on stream, and then when my brain has turned too mush, I switch over to puzzle games and Beat Saber and that sort of thing. 
Beat Saber. That's super cool. I love that you're getting to play that on stream. That's rad. So that I love that. Very cool. I'm really glad you could join us today. Let's see if I can make you the same size as me. Whoa. We both identify as non-binary. Last I checked. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yes, that is correct. Yes. And so there's a whole experience. Oops, wrong way. That we both kind of share. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think for, for me... Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I'm gonna drink some water. I was just gonna say, for me, it's been a wild ride getting here, and the ride is ongoing. Always more you can figure out about yourself. But I think being part of this community, seeing other trans streamers has really helped me like feel confident in who I am. Like, yes, this is what I was looking for all along. I love that so much. It's the Twitch community and there's another sort of private community I'm in with other LGBTQ people online. The combination of those two things has increased my visibility of trans masculine people in my case by mm -hmm. a lot. And just getting to see people who are trans being themselves, not even doing anything particularly interesting, but just existing feels yes. really validating to me. Yeah, really I think cool. that was something I, I realized I didn't have growing up. And unfortunately, I was the type of person who more or less reflected my environment without really questioning it for a long time. So I know I had I had early questions that then got shut down. And then I was just like, okay, if this is the way it works, then I guess I'll just roll with it. And it was a long time before I broke out of that bubble. Can you think of the first adult that you either met or saw in media that looked like someone that you thought you would want to be when you grew up? That is really tough. I think it's a difficult question for me because I definitely emulated all the wrong characters growing up. I think, again, I was trying to conform to society standards. I think I did the, the kind of stereotypical thing of modeling myself after queer-coded villains mm. for a bit. Yeah. Which was an interesting time. Yeah, I to be honest, I don't know if I do have a character role model in media. Even now when I'm trying to think about characters that I've enjoyed, mm -hmm. they're often figures who like struggle greatly and who aren't happy, I guess. That's that's the depiction that I've seen for people who are queer or not in the binary in media, it's hard to find like a happy representation. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say part of streaming and doing tabletop role-playing games and telling stories is because I want there to be more. I want there to be more transmedia than there is. I want there to be more non-binary presentation than there is. And so I'm making the media I wish I saw as a young person. Definitely. Yeah, uh, I think I think depicting the struggle is important, but also, like you were saying about streamers on Twitch, it's nice just to see other trans people like existing and doing regular things and leading their lives. Totally, yeah. 
I think the first like media character that I saw and resonated with was like Xena Warrior Princess. And that was definitely more the here's this person who's like a strong, like kick ass person, doesn't take BS and there's a lot of lesbian coding in that show even though <laughs> spoiler alert for a twenty something year old T V show, but there's definitely <laughs> like a gay kiss in the last episode of the last whole thing at the very end of everything. One one. But I remember just really feeling Xena was the sort of get out there and fight the things and save the girl kind of a person that I wanted to be. And like yeah, even dreams sure. growing up, I was always the hero. I was always, it was never the princess <laughs> of the castle waiting to be saved. I was always the one out there da, 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 going out, uh, <laughs> doing the rescuing. That's so interesting because I think I had the opposite experience. Okay. where I felt a lot of pressure to be the hero um, and it was a very uncomfortable role. If I can get just a little bit into dysphoria, if that's all right. That's totally fine with me. Thanks for asking. There was this document, I think that you shared this website about what is dysphoria mm -hmm. and I, I was reading through it and saying, well, some, some of this stuff matches, some of it doesn't. And then I got to the section on social dysphoria. And oh, that, that hit hard. And I think that's a lot of my experience is having a social expectation to behave a certain way, to adopt a certain role. And a lot of discomfort I had growing up is centered around that. And for context for our viewers, I was assigned female at birth, so people had female expectations of me, but I am transmasculine, so I have more masculine leanings personally. So that's why for me, it was like, they didn't expect that of me so that I wanted to do the thing. Yes. For me, I was assigned male at birth and I would identify as trans feminine, definitely in terms of presentation certainly, and how I feel comfortable socially. So I had a combination of male expectations, the classic machissimo, you know, you should be big and strong and do sports and all this stuff, be the hero, rescue the damsel and mm -hmm. this sort of nonsense. But also the like a lack of expectation that comes with being raised as male the sort of oh yeah you can lead this bachelor lifestyle you don't have to learn how to take care of yourself because one day you'll get married to a woman who will do all of that for you oh goodness yeah and i can tell you growing up i felt like the biggest failure of a woman because i couldn't i like when i thought about the future when i thought about getting married for example mm -hmm. one i never could see myself in the dress and two I never could imagine my spouse because I also identify as a uh, lesbian, at least currently. Mm -hmm. It might switch more towards pansexual as life goes on and gender keeps getting more fluid. In practicality, I'm married to a trans woman and I'm a transmasculine person, so maybe we're straight. I don't know. <laughs> we're like the queerest straight ever. I don't know. Have you seen this meme I saw it floating around Instagram that was like a ship's a man and a woman together, but in an unmistakably bisexual way. I love that. So I, f I feel like even these these pairings that to the untrained eye might appear straight can have very queer energy, which is fantastic. Yeah. 
there was actually this pressure from my wife's dad to find out my gender because I use they them pronouns and her dad has never met me uh... or talked to me on the phone. So for a long time, thought that she was a man dating another man because my first in real life name is Jack, which sounds very masculine. And this homophobic cowboy is sitting around thinking that my wife's got a husband or something. And it's, I don't know. I like, I'm like grumpy that he's possibly relieved that I'm assigned female at birth. And I just, it makes me mad that he figured it out eventually. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole, that's a whole thing. I can, I can empathize with that a little bit. I was in a relationship with another non-binary person and their co-workers were it's so weird to say this they were insistent on knowing what my anatomical deal was which is just such a strange and invasive question to ask and such a weird thing to be demanding about it is and we don't owe that information to people like for this stream i Mm -hmm. talked about being afab because it's like the way i was culturally raised is like the topic of discussion (laughs) so it feels topical and relevant but i don't know (laughs) no i i totally agree i think as part of the the history of a person's journey it's definitely possible to be affected by that i realized this kind of my thesis statement of my my gender awakening is that growing up i didn't really understand what the societal expectations of being a man were Mm -hmm. and then when I realized what it was to be a man that's when I knew I didn't want to be one anymore yeah and I I in that time also understood that I had adopted a lot of mannish behaviors and characteristics that were unconsciously causing me a lot of pain and anxiety and I, it was this amazing moment that I realized oh, wait I don't have to be this way like all of these assumptions I can just release into the void and dance my own dance yeah for me that's part of why I identify as non-binary instead of a trans man because mm-hmm. being on the binary and just being the opposite of what I was born is still an easier space to take up in this world. People have all the fear and the feelings about bathrooms for trans people, right? Oh no, whatever. I'm not going to platform their shitty ideas right now. But for me, there's no third bathroom, right? There's no, there's sometimes there's like private, like one stall bathrooms or like Mm -hmm. a staff bathroom or something, but there's no third place. There's no third option. And that's bathrooms are one example, but in society at large, because there's so many of these, like you were saying, the social dysphoria or the social construct is so focused on the binary that even yeah. during my transition, medical transition process, like all the stuff is very focused on like binary transition, like from point A to point B, from point B to point A. And so it's even WPATH, the the world guidelines on surgeries and all that hasn't been uh, updated for non-binary type surgeries. Yeah, yeah, which is really unfortunate. I'm hoping to see that changed. This is really 
interesting for me to hear and helpful for me to hear because even after fully coming out as non-binary, I didn't, <laughs> it's silly to say this, I didn't know that I was part of the trans community because mm -hmm. the trans community that I was exposed to felt very binary. And so it was a shock and a pleasure to find out that the experience of transitioning is one that non-binary people can share. I don't know, it, it felt against the rules somehow mm -hmm. for, for me to even consider transitioning if I wasn't going to conform to a binary. Which is exactly why I want to talk about this stuff, because there's gobs of non-binary pals who don't know this stuff. It's just, oh, I feel like we're both on the path of choose your own adventure, choose your own yes. gender adventure. <laughs> yes. So, um, I like to call it the grab bag. Yeah. Just, it, and instead of having two separate bins or whatever, you just, you grab whatever you like That's out bad. of the different baskets and you build your own thing. I love that so much. We're making our own chapters, Mirami says. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Choose your own gender adventure on my glove. <laughs> the chat is enjoying our discussion. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> I do. Great. I have actively chosen to not have the chat on screen because trolls happen. And mm -hmm. I don't want that recorded sure. forever if that's sure. a thing. So if you're watching the VOD later audience, sorry that you missed the, the hot chat memes. <laughs> Go join <laughs> us on Twitch. It's a good time. Yeah. Do you have any other ideas or things to share about what it was like growing up non-binary, what that experience was like for you. So I can lay out some, some bullet points in brief. When I was very young, something like four or five, I had a difficult time grasping social roles. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand all of the rules and the regulations, some of which are functional and some of which are arbitrary, but a lot of it was very confusing to me. Mm -hmm. And I, in order to blend in, to feel more accepted, mimicked a lot of behavior from media, which I don't think is terribly unusual. I feel though that I was especially reliant on it and so it was hard for me to behave in a way that I didn't see represented somewhere. Early on, I, I did. Early on, I, I dressed the way I wanted to. I, I, you know, said whatever I wanted and that sort of thing. It's like as a young, unmolded wee child. As time went on, I, again, more and more fell into the binary, which is such a strange thing to say thinking of who I am now and I'm going to be a total nerd but as I said I'm a physics homework streamer and physics is a huge part of my life and it's one of my great passions and to be honest I think that the way I study physics helped me come out that's awesome I, I love the idea in physics of taking complicated ideas and poking at them, breaking them down into simpler concepts, asking yourself, what does this really mean? Because I think you can get bogged down in equations and, and all this abstract math the same way that you can get bogged down in 
social norms without asking yourself, why am I doing this? What does this behavior serve? What purpose is it really for? And when I started asking those questions in physics, I also started asking them outside physics. Why do I have to be this way? Did I ever get a satisfactory answer? But I didn't. And then I realized there, there wasn't any particular reason to dress the way that I'd been dressing or not dress the way that I wanted to dress. You know, it's a very, it's a very slow process. I remember the day that I was in a little shop and I saw a flower pin and I'd been growing out my hair and I saw that pin and it was this leap of faith that I took where I said, you know what, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to wear it. I love that so much. Just it, yeah, it was one of these moments of freedom and confidence. That's so awesome. I remember, thankfully, my parents were cool with me wearing whatever Halloween costume I wanted to wear, but I distinctly remember wearing, like, cowboy costumes, probably an ill-advised ninja costume. I would not choose that today with what I know about race and racism, Uh, but all of the cool fighter stuff. I think one year I was Batman, just, I was always, I was always playing superhero, and as a younger person, my best friend was this, to my knowledge currently at least cisgender male guy and we'd play ocarina of time on his nintendo 64 and we'd eat velveeta macaroni and cheese and drink rc cola (laughs) and throw butter knives in the backyard into the dirt to try and get him to stick out of the dirt like throwing stars because we wanted to be like again questionable on this now but we wanted to be like cool fighters who could throw throwing stars and do all that Mm -hmm. stuff so it was just like the way that I played was very sort of butch, masculine situation. Yeah. I've just always been like this. I've always, <laughs> they called it a tom, they called it tomboy when I was a kid. Yes. They called me a uh, flamboyant. Oh. Was, was what they said for me. Yeah. With, I don't know, something about the way I move my hands or the inflection of my speech. Oof. This is a, a sensitive topic, so I won't dwell too long on it, but I had a lot of insistence from people around me that I was a homosexual man, and I did not identify that way. And it's interesting because we talk about the binary, and occasionally the binary will fracture, but often you still end up with these this limited set of choices. There was a moment in my childhood where people started saying, oh, it's all right to be gay. And I guess because of the way I behaved, you know, it was very clear that I was not uh, cishet. <laughs> and so, well, what's the only other option? You must be a gay man. And it's really unfortunate because since I didn't identify that way, I it's really sad. I rejected exploring queer identity and queer mm. culture because that was just so pushed on me. And there's a lot of people now that I don't talk to about these things because I feel like I would get reduced to, again, to being a gay man. Or I would mm. say, well, okay everybody look i am queer after all and it was oh so we were right we were right all along so no it's a lot more complicated than that 
Totally. Yeah. I I remember my mom telling me when I was a kid it was okay to be gay. She had a, a photograph of one of her best friends, and he was gay. And so she would point to the photograph and say, this is my dear friend. He's mm-hmm. gay, and it's okay to be gay. <laughs> and I actually did end up being gay, so that worked out for me. But I hadn't nice. thought about someone misdiagnosing gender nonconformity with gayness before. I appreciate the nuance that you brought to that. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to really let go of all the expectations. I think it's, how do I want to put this? It's an uncomfortable thing for people who fall into this rigid mindset. And so they relinquish their strongly held beliefs reluctantly, one at a time. And so introducing all of this complexity can feel like, ironically, it can feel like an attack on their identity somehow to, to say, oh, things don't have to be this way. Oh, sure, I can accept homosexual people in society. Like, that. fine, I'll, I'll allow that much. But any more than that is just going too far. It's a, a difficult thing to encounter. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. I, I know that in my, and maybe I said this earlier today, but in my like transition, I felt, I felt the pressure to be binary male. It would be mm-hmm. so much simpler for everyone if I used he, him pronouns instead of they, them pronouns. Yeah. And I feel like it's really important to occupy the the in-between space. To say, no, this is a real place that exists. This no person's land is a real place. <laughs> Some of us live here. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, to get a bit nerdy, in physics, we talk a lot about correlations. Or in science in general, correlation is not causation. And one of my favorite examples of this is you go on the street and you ask somebody, how many fingers does a human have? And probably the knee-jerk response is, oh, 10 fingers. Does that mean that someone who only has nine fingers or who doesn't have 10 fingers is not a human? So there are characteristics that are clustered together there's a cluster of characteristics where you can say, oh, someone who has 10 fingers, someone who has four limbs, that's the prototype of being a human. But there are plenty of people who fall outside that. And just because these characteristics are associated with each other doesn't mean it's necessary to have all of them. And I think the same thing applies to gender that, and this is something I think I've talked about with people before, we make these unconscious assumptions. You hear a name and in your mind, you start building a picture of what that person looks like, or maybe what their partner looks like. And a lot of that is just trained in by a lack of representation, I would say, that if you don't interact with the queer community, you have a very 
<laughs> in scientific terms, you have a very limited data set. Your data is biased and it can lead you to make false assumptions about mm -hmm. other people that you Yeah. I wish I had more questions on the tip of my tongue. We've had one one of one AMA question, but I know we're gonna have a specialist on next week who's gonna dive into that. So I wanna save that one for next week. There was a question we had at the very end of our last gender stream that we didn't get to, which was about what about considering your gender or switching your gender up later in life? Maybe past your twenties or thirties, which I'm in my thirties, so I feel like I maybe can't speak about that deeply as someone who's maybe retired and thinking about gender. I have sure. no idea how old you are, so I have no idea what your thoughts are. I'm 29, so okay. I'm on the cusp. There was a thought I had that was very relevant and it's suddenly escaped me. Let me see if I can grab it out of the air and pull it back <laughs> into my mind. A thought that occurred to me, which might be a little too philosophical, but a thought that occurred to me is how identity has changed historically. When I studied music, interestingly, in the history of music, this came up that the modern day notions of gay and straight don't really map that well to even in Western culture, even in the Americas or Western Europe a couple of hundred years ago. And I often think about certain trans historical figures or people that we call trans historical figures who we don't know what they would have chosen if they were given the options we have today. Mm, and like the, the I stone cold butches that might actually have been transmasculine, for example. Exactly. And then I flip that around and I start thinking about the future. Mm. And I wonder how society and even technology will evolve and if that will bring forth new forms of gender and expression and sexuality. And it may be that in the future, I will find something else, either because I've changed or the world around me has changed. I'll, I'll find something new that I want to adopt. I love that. Oh, I love that. Thinking about the future. Yeah, I think, oh, these are such good topics. We have about eight minutes left with this stream today. So I'm going to give the chat a moment. If you have any more questions for two non-binary pals assigned different things at birth, here's your chance. <laughs> Type your question in the chat. And L, if you are planning on streaming at 3.30 Pacific, so in eight minutes, <laughs> we could raid you. <laughs> and folks who come check out your cool physics stuff that you do. Yeah, I was actually planning on going live after this. Yeah, I'd love to send the love your way. That'd come hang amazing. out and see what you do over there. I feel like I had there's got to be like one or two other things. I've been thinking about the just general inquiry. What was it like growing up non-binary? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I thought of in preparation for this. So I definitely, okay, I guess the other pieces. So I couldn't imagine who I was marrying. I couldn't imagine what I was wearing. Yes. And I know I wanted to have kids, but I could never imagine being pregnant. 
Mm. Like not one time, not even once did it was I like, oh yeah, being pregnant, that's going to be a thing that I do. And so there's all of these pieces that's like the thing that you're going to do that I just, I didn't do. And somehow I lucked out and married a trans woman who'd already had kids. And so I have teenagers now and I didn't have to birth them or change their diapers, which means I skipped all of the gross parts I didn't want to do anyway. So we get to play tabletop role-playing games and card games and hang out and make Fantastic. food. It's so awesome. I like to think I'm the cool step parent. I don't know if I am, but I like to think I am. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. On the topic of the future, I hope that I continue to remain open to the changes in the LGBTQ community. And that when there mm. are 20 and 30 somethings or teens saying this is how it is now, that I will, even as I age, continue to keep my mind open about their perspectives and let go of the things that don't serve us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember a few years ago having a similar thought where it occurred to me, what might I, without thinking about it, reject in the future when I become old and set in my ways and I, I try to remind myself of that thought now and again I just to clear the cobwebs in my mind and remain open I love that so cool I've run out of questions and I think you're really cool and I'm enjoying hanging out <laughs> thank you so much this has been really great I love having the opportunity to talk about all of this stuff it's been a total delight yeah. So for our viewers, I am planning on doing this sort of genderful podcast series, talk show series here on Twitch. Maybe eventually it will also be a podcast. We'll see. On Mondays from 2.30 to 3.30 Pacific until or unless I choose a different time. <laughs> that could happen. The best way to know what my schedule is to either check my schedule on Twitch or hop into the Discord and check it out. Jake says, you don't have any questions right now, but you want to say that you really appreciate us both putting our perspectives out there. Thank you, Jake. So I'll give you all a heads up about our guests next week, and then I'll ask you if you have anything you want to shout out. So I'm telling you now so you can ponder it for a moment if you haven't already. So next week, our guest is a person, let's see, Josen Starr, who's another fellow genderful streamer. And Josen is a leftist and a gender abolitionist theorist. So the one mm -hmm. AMA we got was about gender abolition stuff. And so I don't know a ton about it. I have a feeling I might agree with it, but I haven't done the deep research on it yet. So Josen's going to come drop the knowledge next week. And so that's why we didn't take that AMA this week, because I think it's going to be like a whole hour long topic next week. And of course, all the VODs for this eventually will be on YouTube. If anyone in the chat is like, oh my God, I really want to be your video editor and edit all this gender stuff for you. Let me know. Send me a Discord message. <laughs> I'm looking for an editor. I, yeah, I would love that support. But in the meantime, it'll happen when I get to it. And yeah, this is a wonderful and fun conversation. And I think continuing to talk about non-binary and trans things is a great thing to be doing with our time. So this is my new favorite segment that we do. Yay. Do you have anything you would like to plug, Elle? Well, if you feel like it, if you enjoy some science or puzzle games, Beat Saber, I do a whole bunch of random stuff on my stream. I'd love it if you would pop by and say hello. Yeah, and I, th I think that's it. And I just want to say to everyone out there, part of the 
the queer community, part of the trans community, figuring yourself out. I love you. You no. are beautiful and your journey is and will be worth it. I love that so much. Do you have a Twitter? Are you a tweeter? I do. I do. Yes. What's your, um, it's what's your Twitter thing. handle? That's my hexagonal. Excellent. I like to get the pals on the Twitter too, so I can tweet them when I have to reschedule or add a new thing to my schedule. Is Are you ready to hit go live on your stream so we can go raid you? <laughs> yes, I am. I think so. Sweet. Do Love that. that. Thank you again so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us today. It was, it was a good chat. I loved getting to meet you on Marina Boo Uwu's stream. I, all the non-binary pals were tired, so <laughs> somehow I got pulled up out of the audience to come talk with y'all. Very me. nice. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I love making these new connections. Yeah, me too. I guess other reminders while we're waiting for this raid timer to run out, friends, you can copy-paste whichever raid message your level of subscription or not will allow you to. The first one is for those with subs, the second is for any all whoever. There are ways you can add your pronouns on Twitch. There is a place you can upvote the request for a trans tag on Twitch so we can have more visibility finding each other. Those are two actionable things that are very simple and cost no money that you can do to support the trans and non-binary communities. And we will see you over on Hexagonal's channel. Please stay for the raid, get your extra channel points, drop a follow so you can follow more lovely, genderful beings in the world. And thank you so much for spending your time with us this afternoon. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Good evening.